Welcome to today's episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host, Darlene Childress, and you guys are going to love today's episode because it's about siblings. <laughs> I'm sure you're so happy to know that we're going to talk about siblings because it is really one of the most common parenting struggles that I see in my practice and that parents want help with. So today we're going to talk about why kids fight and what to do about it. So before we get into all of that, I want to take a few minutes to talk about your mindset around sibling conflict and maybe clear out some of the thoughts and myths you have about your kids and why they fight. So let me start with this. I want you to finish this sentence in your mind. When my kids are bickering and fighting, it means blank. So don't overthink it. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. When my kids fight, it means what? What I hear from moms is that they typically start thinking, when my kids fight, it means that something's wrong with me. Like I'm not a good mom. You look at your kids fighting and you make it mean that something is wrong with you as a parent. So you're like, this shouldn't be happening because it's happening. I must be doing something wrong. So that's one thing that parents think. Another one is, um, oh my God, this means they're going to hurt each other or they're not going to love each other when they grow up or they're not going to you know, like each other or this kid is such a bully and he's so mean to his brother and you make it mean that your kids are in danger, that because they're fighting, they're never going to be friends or they're going to hurt each other. You know, you're going to start thinking like, oh, I better stop this, right? This is an emergency. My kids should know better. Like, I can't handle this. They're fighting all the time. I can't even handle it. These are some of the thoughts that come up for moms and dads when their kids are fighting. So which one do you think the most? Like, which one of the thoughts comes up for you when your kids are fighting? Are you thinking, my kids should know better. This should be easier. I can't handle this. Are you worried? Like, oh no, they're going to hurt each other. Like when it gets physical. Are you thinking about the future? Like, my kids are never going to be friends. Are you comparing your kids' behavior with your friends' behaviors? Like, other moms' kids don't fight like this. Uh, Secret, they do. (laughs) You just don't know it. Are you looking at your kids fighting and thinking that there's something wrong with you as a mom? If you're thinking these thoughts, they're going to bring up feelings inside of you. You're going to feel annoyed. You're going to feel angry. You're going to feel scared either of the future, like they're not going to be friends or an emergency in the present. Like, oh my God, they're going to hurt each other. We're going to have to go to the hospital and it's going to be terrible. Might bring up thoughts of sadness. You're just really grieving because your kids aren't getting along. It might make you feel sad. Might actually trigger memories of your own childhood sibling relationships, make you feel sad about your current sibling situation. Might make you feel panicked. Your sibling conflict can make you feel guilty. Like something's wrong with you or you've done something wrong might make you feel embarrassed, might make you feel frustrated. So what happens is when we're thinking these negative thoughts about our kids' sibling conflict and we're feeling these feelings, it ends up making us become super reactive. You become a mama bear protecting your cubs, but in this case, the mama bear thinks she has to defend her cubs against each other. And that feels really confusing and overwhelming because you know, you don't know who do I protect from whom. And because that confusion comes over, your reaction gets stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden you're totally wrapped up in that sibling conflict. 
So if you ever feel confused, like this mama bear, who's like, I don't even know who I'm supposed to be protecting right now. Let's reframe some of this for you. Let's get you out of that confusion. So the first thing I really want you to understand is that sibling conflict, it's totally normal. Happens in every family, in every household, in every sibling relationship. It's not always physical. Like how it looks is different in different families, but having conflict in a relationship is normal, right? You have relationships. You have relationship with your partner or people that you love and care for, and you might have conflict with them. It's normal. With your siblings, not only is it normal with your children in their sibling relationship, but their conflict, it's actually healthy, believe it or not. I want you to really think about how having conflict with your sibling could be a good thing. Let me tell you how come that's true. With your kids, in this sibling relationship that they are in, it's one of the safest relationships in their life to try out different things to see how relationships work. This sibling relationship is sort of the safe playground to figure out how to be a friend, how to live with someone, how to be a person in a relationship with another person. The cool thing about siblings is that your kids, they know that they're going to live with their siblings for their life as children. They're going to eventually, of course, grow up and live in different houses. But for the foreseeable future, your kids know that this relationship is permanent. No matter what town they live in, what school they go to, whose class they are in, what sports team they play on, this is a reliable relationship. The sibling connection, it's actually really powerful because it transcends space and time. It's one of the most constant connection the kids have kind of no matter what. It's similar to a parent-child relationship. Like, you know, you're always going to be in a relationship with your kids. The children, they know that they're always going to live with their sibling until they're grown up. It's so similar, but it's different because in the parent-child relationship, there's like an inherent hierarchy to it because we're grownups. But the inherent hierarchy, it's not true for siblings. The upper hand, like who has more power or who has more influence, it's always shifting in the sibling relationship. So it's a little bit more of an equal footing type of relationship. Now, the sibling relationship, it's also different from a friendship because a friend can decide to never talk to you again. I've actually had this happen to me. (laughs) I'm sure you have too, right? You're like, we used to be really close and now we're not. But when you're in your friendships, there's this a greater risk because if you create a conflict with a friend or a friend group, the friend group or the friend could decide to never talk to you again, to never speak to you. The stakes in a friendship are higher. And so kids are less likely to push those friendships by creating a lot of conflict or being super mean. They're not going to push as hard on those friendships because they're not as safe because they could lose those friendships. Now, you might see this, like some friendships are really, really strong, like super, super close best friends. And it's almost sibling-like, like where they trust each other and they know they can kind of push as far as they want in that relationship and test it because the bond is very, very safe. So in sibling conflicts, it's where kids learn how relationships work. Your kids, they're going to grow up and they're going to have a lot of conflicts. They're going to have conflicts with friends. They're going to have conflicts in school and with teachers and partners and coaches. And so having a relationship with a sibling, it's actually 
helpful and healthy to have conflict in that. The benefits of this type of conflict that we're talking about with siblings, the truth is that they're only achieved when the children can have that conflict and then have it resolved. So we want our kids to be in these relationships and have the sibling conflict and be able to learn how to solve conflicts. And the more they learn to solve those conflicts in those sibling relationships, the better they'll be at solving conflicts in other relationships in their life. So when your kids are having a conflict or a sibling fight or sibling rivalry, which I never use that word, but it's common, but when they're having a conflict in their sibling relationship and you swoop in and you try to fix it and solve it for them, or you get annoyed or whatever it is, you could actually change the way you're viewing the conflict and not make it such a problem. Instead, viewing it as something that is valuable. I'm going to help you see the value in it today and then also what to do in order to stop trying to solve it for them. But before we get into like some strategies, you kind of have learned now why sibling conflict is healthy and helpful for your kids, right? So sort of it's not an emergency. It's not because something's wrong with you. It's not because your kid's super bully and super mean. It doesn't mean your kids aren't going to be friends when they're older. It doesn't mean anything except these two people are having a conflict and they need to work it out. So before we get into how to do that, I am going to go over the top five reasons why kids fight. Okay. I think this is really helpful because what you'll be able to do is start seeing the patterns with your kids. As I go through the reasons, I want you to start to think about like, oh, is that why my kids fight? Or, oh, is that what's going on when they have a conflict? Let's get into it. The first two reasons that siblings fight are simple. They're the same, but they're different. Okay. So they're both boredom. You have two types of boredom in sibling conflict. And remember, I did a podcast episode all about boredom. So boredom number one is one kid is bored and restless and doesn't know what to do. This is like when you have one kid, they're bored, they don't know what to do, and they go over to their sibling and they bug them in order to get some entertainment. That's like one kid being bored. The second boredom is when both kids are bored. So what you see is that like your kids are playing nicely and then the activity that they're doing, like their interest in it is declined. Like they're playing Legos, they're playing dolls, they're playing house, they're playing trampoline, you know, they're playing something. And then they're not really interested in doing that anymore, but they don't know how to switch out of the activity. So what they do is they start kind of fighting and bickering. And then that's usually when the parent comes in, breaks it up, gives them a new activity. So you're basically resolving that internal conflict for them. And that's why kids fight. So either one kid is bored, that's boredom number one, or two kids are bored, boredom number two. So the boredom number two is most common for kids under 11, but it can also be true for older kids too. But I really see it with preschool and elementary school age kids who are really involved in play or doing something. And then they're kind of like restless and they don't want to do that thing anymore, you know, especially when they're playing together. And so they create a conflict and they're looking for you to solve the problem. Now, the third reason that kids have conflict is because of big feelings. Sibling relationships can be this really easy and safe place to blow off steam whenever a child is feeling overwhelmed or annoyed or angry or whatever emotion. They will dump 
that emotion on to their sibling. I often see this the most is when kids get into the car after school and they start kind of like picking on the sibling or they start picking on each other. So they have these emotions and they don't know what to do with them. And so they're sort of dumping them onto their sibling or releasing some of that pent up school stress onto each other. That's why the car ride home can oftentimes be the most difficult period of time as a mom or a dad. And it's because your kids kept all that emotion inside at school. They've been good and like follow directions and learned and listened and just really like manage themselves so tightly. And then they get in the car and they're like, and they want to release all that emotion. And it's really easy to release that on your sibling. So that's the third. So we've got boredom one, boredom two, and then big feelings. Number four is underlying resentment. Sometimes sibling conflict, it's rooted in a lot of jealousy and insecurity and hurt. Now, I don't want you to think that you've done anything wrong if your child is feeling jealous of their sibling or if they're feeling insecure. The only reason that they are feeling those things is because they have their own thoughts about themselves and about their sibling. So some of these thoughts look like, this isn't fair, or you like him more, or you never do this to him or her, or kind of internalizing the sibling and saying like, well, you know, she doesn't even like me. She never wants to play with me. She doesn't like me. Or comparing themselves. She's better than me at school. She's better than me at soccer. She's better than me at whatever the thing is. If you hear your kids comparing themselves to their sibling, thinking that you treat their sibling differently than you treat them, thinking the sibling doesn't like them, or you hear your child say, I hate him or I hate her or I hate them. When this is the case, You can help your siblings resolve that conflict in the moment, but really what that child needs, that one who's feeling those negative feelings and feeling that jealousy and insecurity, is they need some connection coaching and some compassionate listening so that they have a chance to air out all of those negative thoughts and feelings. Now, what I see that parents typically do is when their kid's like, I hate her or she hates me or you like her more, we start arguing with them and trying to prove to them that that's not true. Or we get mad at them like, don't say that. That's not nice. We judge their behavior. And I'm challenging you to look at what they're saying as true to them in that moment and helping them see that those are just thoughts and feelings. They don't always feel that way and letting them process that emotion and just listen. So it's going to be really hard for you to do that because we tend to want to argue with our kids and defend ourselves and defend the other sibling whenever they say something bad. So I want you to resist that tendency. Try to stay neutral and compassionate and just let your child talk a little bit. That is oftentimes enough to shift them out of that negative thought spiral. Underlying resentment is one of the roots of behavior conflict, sibling conflict in your family. Now, the fifth reason, and this is the one you have the most power to change, is actually habit. Kids argue and fight out of relational habit. So this is what I see. The kids fight. The mom comes in. She breaks it up. Kids separate with frustration and anger, no resolution. And then an hour later, they come back together and they're fighting again. 
So to break this pattern, you're going to want to shift how you interact with them. And that's what we're going to talk about next. So let me recap these five reasons that kids have conflict. Okay. So number one, one kid is bored. Number two, both kids are bored. Number three, big feelings. Number four, resentment. Number five, habit. So go ahead and think about which reason do you think is the cause for most of your sibling conflicts with your kids. So this episode, it's about helping you change how you interact with your kids when they fight. So first, we wanted to get through changing your mindset about it now, and then also understanding where it's coming from. And now we're going to talk about what you do about it. What typically happens, like I said, is that the kids start having a conflict and then they come to the parent to get it to be resolved. And then the parent kind of sits in that judgment space and like tries to figure out what went wrong and, you know, okay, who did what? You're like doing all the thinking and all the problem solving. And then you kind of dole out your answers to your kids and then they're like, okay, and then they move on. But when you intervene and you solve the conflict for your kids, they're not learning how to think and solve conflicts on their own. So then fighting becomes this easy way for them to get sort of your full attention. It helps them get some entertainment and a release of their feelings. We don't love that they want to use this strategy of sibling conflict to get all those emotional needs met because it creates a lot of chaos for us. So what you want to do is actually make it so that when they have a conflict, it is work for them to solve it. When you solve it, it makes sibling conflict easy for them. But we want to teach them how to solve it for themselves. So when you guide your children to think and solve their problems, then fighting with their sibling becomes something that requires effort for them. So it's less of this easy dopamine hit because it's more work for them. So we don't want sibling conflict to be this easy habit of like, oh, I can dump my feelings on my brother oh, I, or my sister, or I can be bored and like bug my sibling, or I can just take out all my resentment on my sibling and blame my mom. Those are valid feelings. There's nothing wrong with the emotion, but the strategy of using your sibling conflict to cope with that feeling, we want to shift that. That's the whole point, right? To have more peace in your home. When you consistently step in and you stop it and you fix it and all that, your kids don't learn how to fix the conflict and then they keep going into that conflict. So when you stop rescuing your kids from their conflict, they're going to have less of it because it's going to be more work for them and they're not going to be as motivated to bug each other. I know this is making sense. I know some of you are like, aha, right? So getting out of the sibling spiral, it requires a change in how you handle their conflict. I want you to move from that judge role, like the one who's trying, like the detective and the judge and like, you know, you have two little lawyers arguing their case and then you're making a decision of like, okay, let me figure out who's right and wrong. No, a guide doesn't need to know all the details and the backstory. The guide isn't focused on figuring out who's right and who's wrong because actually most parents tend to find the older kid consistently wrong or your kid that has the harder time managing their emotions, you make them wrong most of the time. You're not actually a very good judge. So I want to move you to this guide role, not trying to figure out what happened, but instead focusing on guiding the kids forward. So you want to 
help your children solve a problem towards what's next instead of what happened. So of course, remember the underlying premise of all of my work, right? Is that everyone stays safe in your house. And so safety means that no one gets hurt by someone else, either physically or emotionally. So if one kid is in the actual act of hurting their sibling, I want you to stop and get involved right away and do the hard no and come in and move children or stand in between children and say, everyone stay safe. We will talk about this when everyone is safe and calm. So you can always be the leader in your family and come in and make sure people aren't getting hurt. Same with name calling. If you have one kid who is using their sibling as a way to cope and communicate with their feelings, like, you know, they're blowing off steam, they're bored, they have big feelings, and they use conflict with the sibling to shift out of that negative emotion, you actually don't have a sibling conflict in that moment. You have one kid who needs a limit. Part of being the guide is actually being an observer instead of a participant of your kid's conflict. So you're really paying attention to, hey, what's going on here? Is this one kid who's kind of using this conflict to manage their emotions? Or do I have two kids who are actually in a conflict over something? So in a normal Imagine you figured out like these are two kids and they have a conflict. They're like arguing over territory, space, possessions, something like that. So in a normal roughhousing or situation, bickering, squabbling, I want you to at first do nothing, but not like, I don't even know. My kids are fighting. I'm not even paying attention. I just want you to like be a witness of it and observe and be silent and like just watch. So not do nothing by like avoiding it. I want you to be an observer. Let the conflict play out a little longer than you usually would. So don't intervene right away. Just observe and listen. Okay, is this a mutual situation where they're just like tit for tat arguing? Or is this one child that needs a limit? So you're doing nothing. Then you're noticing if the tension is getting higher or the children are coming to you to solve their problem, even if just one comes to you. I want you to set a limit. And that sounds like this. You two sound mad at each other. I will listen to you as long as you speak quietly and one at a time. Or I will listen to the kid who is speaking quiet first. I will listen to the one who raises their hand first. I will listen to the one who is sitting down first. Going and articulating, you two sound mad at each other. I'm going to help. And here are my conditions. That's your limit. Then they calm themselves. They start to tell you what happened. So you want to just be looking for the actual conflict, not all the backstory. You know, say there's a competition over one item, right? So you're articulating it back like, okay, so David wants to jump on the trampoline alone and Sarah wants to jump right now too. We have two kids, but only one trampoline and then turn it back to them. What are you guys going to do? Most of the time, the kids will solve it. If not, you might have to say, okay, looks like I'm going to have to have you guys take turns or looks like I'm going to have the trampoline be closed until you two can work this out. So you can kind of go in and like, I like to close rooms and close spaces and close toys. Like this toy is closed. I'm going to put it up until the two of you can work it out. So you're not actually solving it necessarily. You're just kind of giving them, well, if you guys want to play with this or do this thing, you're going to have to work it out. Now, if it's something that you really do need to solve, you can, but notice how 
we've gone through and articulated the conflict to them. And then we're saying like, what do you guys want to do? And then they are like, but she said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And you solve it. Or you say, oh, I'm going to have everybody not use this thing right now. And then you reset and you start again. Okay. You guys ready? Yep. All right, good. Go back and play on the trampoline. Go back to the playroom and play or go play back to the couch and finish watching the show. So sometimes conflicts escalate and you have to separate kids and that's okay. So you can say, I see two angry children and you are about to hurt each other. So we're going to talk about this after a five minute separation break. And then who's going to their room and who is staying here or who's going to this space and who's going there. Or you can decide how to separate them. So if tension is really high and no one is going to follow your limit to like quiet down enough to solve the problem and have you guide them towards a solution, then you're going to have to separate people or put the thing that they're fighting about into timeout. I call it being closed. So this type of parenting, it's ninja level because that's what I call this ninja parenting because it requires you to be super calm and really present with your kids. And it takes all the skills that I teach in the Calm Mama process and in my programs kind of all rolled up into one because you're staying calm. You're connecting to the emotions, trying to figure out what's driving the behavior. You're setting a limit and you're following through with correction if you need to. This is really valuable for you to get support If you have a lot of sibling conflict, then I really do want to invite you to come and coach with me in my program because I help parents clear out their mind drama about misbehavior and sibling conflict so they can feel like calm and clear headed so they can connect with their kids using that compassion, setting limits. When you are fired up and you're emotionally involved and you're like really in it and you're really mad about the sibling conflict, going to be difficult for you to go through these steps because it requires neutrality, requires emotional calm within you. Right now, we're headed into summer and sibling conflict is even more of an issue in the summer than it is at other times of the year. And I don't want you to have, I know you don't want to have a summer that's full of like refereeing. So if you want to get out of all of these kinds of conflicts, then I invite you to sign up for the Plan a Summer with Kids You Actually Enjoy workshop. I'm going to teach you exactly how to to set up your summer days so that you have less sibling conflict and you feel a lot more confident about how to handle it. So it's May 31st, June 1st, June 2nd at 9 a.m. Pacific. And there'll be replays if you can't make it live. And then you also get the Plan Your Summer Workbook. And this is jam-packed with actual scripts, and ideas to create a summer that you enjoy. So to register, you go to calmamacoaching.com backslash summer dash plan, and you can register for it. It's free. So here's your takeaway for this week. When your kids are fighting, I want you to pause before you respond. I want you to catch yourself and become an observer before you say anything. Watch, listen, Notice if you have a sibling conflict or if you have one kid who needs a limit. If it's aggression, do your hard no, separate the kids. If it's bickering and arguing, step in with a simple limit like I will listen to whoever speaks the quietest or it's too loud for me to help. I will help you once you are both quiet. What I know for sure 
is that the calmer you get about your sibling conflict, the easier it will be for you to help your kids learn to solve their own conflicts. So that's your work this week. I will see you next week. Have a great week. Hey, Mama. If you've been listening to this podcast and thinking, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so ready to get out of this chaos and create more peace in myself and in my family, then I want to invite you to join Come Mama School. It's my lifetime membership program where you learn how to stop yelling and feeling overwhelmed by parenting, teach your kids how to manage all of their big feelings, and set limits that actually work. It's lifetime access for getting everything you need to have the family you want and become the mom that you're meant to be. No matter how old your kids are or how chaotic your family is right now, I can help you create peace and joy in your home. To join, go to calmmamacoaching.com and get instant access to my online course and start coming to weekly coaching calls this week. I can't wait to help you transform your family. See you there.